You are listening to Boku no Stop, an anime podcast that... I'm your host, Sybil Arnett, and with me is... Mad Marcus. Garrett, and I hope you did the double tap. Yep. And That's Chris. the three shots like the MIA song. I mean, he did do three shots into... Uh... Oh my god, I What's can't his think of his name. Chunk. Uh, yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was always Crank. just two. No, Crank. Uh, Crank got three. Three is the difference oh, between dying and a glorious death. And today yeah, we're talking respect. about Iron-Blooded Orphans episodes three and four, which have a massive content warning for a lot of gun-to-head violence. <laughs> is there really true. a lot? I don't really think there is that much. Three dudes like, in the space of an episode is pretty brutal. Yeah, by the same guy, no less. <laughs> Maybe he's got a fucking body count. To gun violence. Look That's why some of them only got to two, because he didn't want to reload. Yeah, mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. thinking, how many bullets have they given him? I mean, probably enough. It wasn't like a revolver or anything. You know, the bullets they mm-hmm. used to kill that guy definitely shows up as a line item with Crank's name there. <laughs> There's a lot of spreadsheets in this episode. When they're doing yeah, the fucking finances. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, there's some good robot shit in here that will probably won't be in the notes. But like when we go out to fight Crank, we have Gray's like shoulder armor. And then when we come mm-hmm. back, there's no shoulder armor. And then when we get money later in the next episode, there'll be color scheme appropriate Gundam shoulder armor. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's mm-hmm. good shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Barbados has not reached its evolved form yet. I it's love that. Still mm-hmm. Which evolved that. form? So There's like 18. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, sure, I didn't Look, notice. Matt's here <laughs> for teenage detail. drama. Mario Kata wrote mm-hmm. this. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I, I thought Matt would have been here for the space politics. <laughs> I like that too. I mean, These I watched all of, space politics of um, Legend of Galactic Heroes. I enjoyed the whole thing. One day I'll watch that show. One day. It's great. That's what everybody says, but it's great you know, if you like people talking at each other about politics because there's a lot I, of talking. I, if you got an hour a day to kill on an exercise machine, great way to get through Legend of Galactic Heroes. See, mm-hmm. I need, I just need the exercise machine part. Mm-hmm. Get a desk mm-hmm. treadmill and then just watch it on your computer. Mm-hmm. Desk treadmills are expensive, though. I think, I think I've narrowed it down to recum- recumbent bike. Recumbent bike is great because it's low stress on your joints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna get one of those for Christmas and then just become super swole just playing mm-hmm. video games while on a bike. I suggest mm-hmm. you get a regular treadmill or like a regular elliptical. Something that is self-powered because if you're lazy and not good at exercising, when you set the pace that's bad. <laughs> um, that's, <laughs> that's true. That is true. And speaking of hard on your joints, last time on Iron Blood <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a bunch of child soldiers get put into harm's way as they were used as human shields against the Martian oversight group Gialerhorn. I feel like was... put in harm's way is in the definition of child soldiers. Just let's be clear. Well, sure. We're also about to find out that there are three different stratas of child soldiers yeah. this week. But, but they're child soldiers, be... not like child grocery baggers. <laughs> But they also do that, we find out. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's true. Anyhow, the uh, the children who were put into the path of the oversight group Gjallarhorn, which was being dispatched via shady politics to try and murder the young girl Kudelia, who is a major leader of Martian independence. It turns out Earth has ruled over the nations of Mars 
with an iron economic fist, and things are dire here. Thankfully, they push the Gjallarhorn forces back, but less thankfully, this also means that their bosses in the first group have survived and come back with their legs between their tails, where they tried to leave the children to die as a smokescreen. And that takes us into episode three, Glorious Demise. Ah! Which is uh, pretty ironic, considering. Uh, so, cold open. Mika and Orga are eating rations in the hangar, and, uh, <laughs> like, Orga's just like, you eating again? And he's like, hey, you want some? He's like, nah, I'm good. It, it, That's how you know this, motherfucker. He's, like, eating, like, dried almonds or whatever. It looks like I like I thought they looked like either like little candies or like little I guess like dates, but you yeah, yeah, they look like chocolate. Yeah, they look like I read it as chocolate covered raisins, but dates are look, delicious. you need energy when you when you jack into you know your giant Gundam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like pure sugar. Uh, so biscuit is cooking uh, with the help of Atra. It's good. Biscuit cooking is a weird phrase. Uh, just in general, they just say that. Uh, it feels backwards. Look at this guy. He knows the difference between baking and cooking. Did they say his grandmother's <laughs> name in any of the versions y'all saw in the full yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Or not the not full the name. F- not the full oh, name, I don't Oh, think. I can't wait for you to find that out. Oh, God. I mean, I just know that they refer to it with, like, the, the, the suffix Chan. Like, that's a weird thing to do to your grandmother. Call her, like, Sakura-chan. God damn it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so his sisters are tasked with, uh, tasked with uh, distributing the hot meal to the third group troops. And uh, this is like they note that like, hey, this is hot food. This is good shit compared to like, you know, the cold rations we normally eat. And uh, so Biscuit gets called over by a couple of the other guys to be like, hey, uh, we got a job to do. And he's like, OK. And uh, what they're doing is. uh feeding uh the first group troops who are off in their own they're kind of just hanging out in their uh in their dorms uh and well not dorms you know what i mean the place where they sleep bunks. and the barracks bunks the yeah barracks they're part of the barracks and uh yeah they they we don't see it but you, you kind of can tell that they are uh feeding them something a little different uh, so one of the older men uh, literally kicks uh, Biscuit out of the room because uh, he's like, there's not enough meat in here. Why don't you put your fat ass in there, too? Oh, OK. The dub actually had a different version of that joke, which is, hey, I like it chunky. You know what chunky means, right? Before the kick. OK, yeah. They say, like, oh, this is this isn't chunky enough. Why don't you put some of your ass in this? <laughs> Got it. OK. <laughs> Uh, which actually sounds way more sexual the way I just said it. But That's right. You, you Biscuit get the idea. Thick. Yep. <laughs> Biscuit is probably my favorite character in this show by a mile. Biscuit is great. He's just I mean, charming. If you had to eat... <laughs> I was about to say, if you had to eat one ass in this show, <laughs> it wouldn't be Biscuit. Mikas would take your face off if he sneezed. That boy is all lean muscle. <laughs> it's true. Uh... Anyway, like Orga's got the blowjob handle hair. Mm, yeah, it's and given that we know anime hair has bones in it, you could definitely. Orga definitely has boned hair. That Z mm-hmm. on his face of hair. Yeah, the is... blowjob handle. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it looks like it would cut you. It's the pointiest. It is very. It looks very. No pain. It is just okay. all sharp lines. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Kutelia, like I, like I, 
I'm the blame for this too. Why am I? Anyway, uh, so Cordelia makes a bowl for Mika, uh, which she's embarrassed. Uh, you know, she's she's getting the blushies about him enjoying his food because she's got a little crush going on the guy. No, who's about to murder because some it's people. awful, man. Did you see how big those chunks of cucumber or whatever are? <laughs> it's both, Chris. Yeah, it can be a two things. in these episodes that Cordelia does not know how to work a knife and cut vegetables. Uh, I mean, sisters yeah. keep teasing her. There's like a three inch wide cucumber and the chunks are like an inch and a half thick on top of that. And he just puts the whole thing in his mouth. I'm like, gross. Yeah, no, I, I'd imagine that it's like more like a like a squash or something where it's like you don't want it to be that crunchy in the middle. Like a cucumber in a stew. That's kind of weird. No, I prefer, um, cucumber I, don't know. Stew. I prefer cucumber over squash. I mean, I, I eat cucumber like. But it's green. Yet, but it's a cucumber. <laughs> it is green. We also see her cutting a cucumber earlier. That's true. With with a combat knife, no less. Yeah, that was was with a combat knife. There's a joke in there that I did not write down where young girls are trying to teach Kudelia how to use a knife. She's like, no, no, hold it it like you're making a cat's paw. Does this work? No, that's more of a dog. Do you know what a a cat looks like? I mean, it's good good advice for knife skills. Like, you want to have your fingers back so you don't slice yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, like, Mika, and I feel like Mika's not, like, you you know, he's not going to, like, sugarcoat stuff just to make her feel better. He's just like, yeah, this is great. It's, like, better than the shit we normally eat, so I don't care if it's a big chunk of whatever and it's crunchy. Yeah, it's hot with vegetables. That works for Mika. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh, Yuki Nojo. Who is Yuki Nojo? I don't remember. Big him. Black Mechanic. That's his oh, name? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if they ever said it. Well, I didn't catch his name. He's got a three-name name. They've said both his first and middle name at different times. I'm just going to go with Yuki okay. Nojo. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. He seems pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Yuki Nojo and Atra have a small chat off to the side while this happens. And uh, the mechanic smiles, seeing that Atra is clearly, you know, has a big crush on uh, Mika. And she asks a favor of the man. Then we cut away. We then cut to the first group awaking in a hangar all bound. Orga comes in and declares that um, his crew rules the base now. Um, As the first group leader tries to get control of the situation, um, first through imitation, um, ruined when Orga kicks him in the ribs, then through appeasement, Orga and Mika step forward. Um, Orga says that perhaps he's not being clear enough about what's happening and says first group has the blood of all of Orga's men on his hands. Wordlessly, um, Mika takes out the gun he was given and double taps the commander on the ground. The avert first war crime this show has occurred. To be fair, this is Which more feels like weird. I violence. feel like there's more war crimes. Yeah, <laughs> this is workplace violence, not a war crime. Uh, bound prisoner it is, yes. Oh, it's not a... Mm. Like, he is literally I mean, bound. I, I mean, this like, is an execution mm. because of a mutiny, right? Like, there's just a... <laughs> well, this is an execution in the mutiny. Mm, fair. Look, sometimes you gotta, and sometimes they deserved it. This he does deserve it, it but this, this is literally it. textbook war crime. Yeah, it's fine. All right, yeah, so maybe they should have just, uh, like, freed his hands first and then shot him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, Give you sent him to this... They sent him off to the space Saudis. It's fine. Man, they, they didn't even <laughs> give him a cigarette first. Chris, you already know there are going to be space Saudis. There are. That's why I know you can send them there. Okay, just saying. Uh, 
<laughs> Another man tries to get up and rush the lads, but uh, Mika repeats the process, proving that he can uh, shoot some guy who can run two feet, as well as some guy who can't. Orga says the new order is this. The space rats rule now. Rule CGS now. Everyone in first group can either fall in line or get the hell out. Uh, any other decision will result in uh, the ver- a very Clinton third way. Uh, <laughs> a bespectacled man speaks up, saying he wants to leave. Biscuit then pops out from behind Orga, declaring this to be Dexter Kulastro. The whatever his name is, it's fine. He doesn't come up ever. He <laughs> he's says, all over this episode. He's all over <laughs> both but, of these two episodes. But he's not important. I don't. You don't need to know what his name is. See, he's the nerd. This, this is, this is how important. you get into tax trouble. Like you don't think your accountants are important. Look, yeah. it's fine. I feel bad. I'm worried about the network filed now. Filed taxes honestly. in the last three years. No. <laughs> We don't need to. We operate at a loss. I am only writing down the names of people who show up often enough I have to refer to them. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, you could write the nerd. That could be four children. (laughs) That's also true. Also, also, who's the second group? There's a first and third group, but what's the second? They're the ones who actually got away, got away. That would be my presumption, yeah. With the boss. That's fair. Mm. Uh, you know what? I hadn't even thought that hard about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, who cares about who the second group is? They're gone. <sighs> that, actually, the second group might be the ones they don't care about, and it could be uh, Akihiro's gang. No, we know they're under third group because they have a very different status. Also, Mika's right. coat looks so comfy. A coat that is just cushioned wherever you sit down. Jealous. Yeah, that is pretty sick. Anyway, so the nerd is there, and he, sa- and he says, uh, yeah, Biscuit says they need him to be alive for a little while, and the man screams as we cut away. Doing the comedy, the comedy anime scream, though, not a bad one. Yeah, I was about to say, like, he's just doing more of his job. He's just doing more spreadsheet shit. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Were he you also just complaining know. about that? Don't downplay it. Ah, <laughs> uh, the next morning, one of the youths, blonde-haired Eugene, barges into the office, pissed off at Orga, asking why all the first group deserters get severance pay. Eugene nearly takes a swing at two of the third group children who are also taking their cut and leaving before Orga tells him, settle down. What they do after they leave is going to have an impact on us too, and I don't want to burn our reputation immediately, because we're going to start taking honest jobs or no jobs from now on. At this point, a man who looks like straight-up Hitler, Toto, Mm -hmm. comes in and curls an arm around Eugene's shoulder. Come on, we're all friends here, or so I'm told. Toto is basically playing Kai from 0079, who's uh, going to support the team, even if it's just as human shields. <laughs> as, as, I, as I said in the Discord, it's a bad vibes from the Hitler mustache guy. I don't know. <laughs> if I didn't Shock. have a different Surprise. piece of art that I wanted to use as the episode art this week, I would be using Hitler Toto throwing an arm around Eugene as the cover. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Strong, strong episode candidate title is Giving Hitler Vibes. <laughs> giving Hitler Face. <laughs> I mean, I, I noticed him last episode, too, where it's like, there's just a dude with a Hitler mustache. He, that, like, he looks like Hitler. What the fuck? When he smiles, <laughs> kind of he looks like Hitler from the end of Persona 2. <laughs> I forgot Hitler was in Persona. I was surprised because I'm never 100% sure whenever there are Nazis in Japanese media, whether or not they're being 
sympathetic to them given their alignment I'm to gonna the past, default or to not? yes that game was definitely say- not in this game no i just i always have the thing of like okay so they made a guy look like hitler in an anime is that do they think that's bad i think they think that's bad but i'm not sure they think that's bad in iron-blooded orphans yeah okay fair based enough, on the politics of iron-blooded orphans they think hitler is bad <laughs> Mario Black- good, Black- good. good who not could say fond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and like, and who knows what you could say about fucking Attack on Titan? JoJo's, they <laughs> think Hitler is cool. They do think Hitler is cool, or at least Nazis. <laughs> not a are false cool. statement. Yeah, I'm not gonna deny that one. I like JoJo's, <laughs> but there's also a little bit of did you have to? <laughs> and the answer is no, but they did anyway. That's you know what true. the problem? Sure JoJo's did. is like, you know what? These Nazis were cool, but what if they also had robo lasers? <laughs> and they died a glorious battle at Stalingrad. <laughs> you start JoJo's at the end of part two, and then it's great. After that, you know, you don't need part it Part two is the only good part of JoJo's, but also it has the Nazis in it. We're not having this discussion again. We've had this discussion multiple times. Uh, so Yuki Nojo also announces he's going to stick around, meaning uh, that the core has a uh, mechanic going forward, which is important. Mostly because uh, we couldn't put the only black character in the show on some sort of social welfare. That would have been bad, yeah. Uh, so in the hangar, Cadelia sees uh, she, she sees like bullet casings uh, on the ground, but uh, it says nothing as uh, Orga walks up to her. And there's a chat about how she can't go home and she feels like she did, uh, like she did nothing to help. In fact, uh, where the de- uh, Orgus simply replies, were the deaths of my friends for nothing then? And Cordelia recalls the sheer vitriol uh, Mika spit at her the last time she stepped in. Or, well, stepped in it. And uh, Cordelia says, no, your friends didn't die in vain. I'm just mad at myself, I guess. And we cut away from her despair to commercial. Uh, I, I like, I forget if I mentioned this last time. I like that she right away realizes her dad sold her out. Uh, and that we're not going to just play this for, like, a subplot for, like, ten episodes. No, this this show is very good with its pacing in that most of the time, especially in season one, there will be something pressing everyone to keep moving. They don't get a lot of time to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do, also the characters are, like... Oh. The, well, the thing is that the, the characters are, like savvy is the thing like you, you could imagine that a cadelia where she's like i don't know what happened like well, daddy yeah, said it was fine there's a it's reasonable like amount of, of dramatic irony yeah there are the older cast like an orga like a cadelia where they are 22 high teens and they've lived lives and they are at least skilled enough in their field orga mm-hmm. is good at reading people cadelia knows how to play politics Mika is very good with other folks. Like he's, he would be a great commander if it weren't for the structure of this organization. Then you have to really make this different. The younger cast, who are the ones who can be dumb as dishwater because they're illiterate and eight years old and have lived in a bunker their whole lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, people fair. can still do stupid things, but. Generally, there's going to be a distinction between our main characters doing something dumb or, oops, a child decided to play with a hand grenade, not knowing what it was. 
Um, when we cut back from commercial in the office, uh, Dexter has run the numbers and they're discovering that the still missing former head of CGS, um, Maraba uh, Acre, RK. Uh, ran off with, hmm? RK. RK? Mm-hmm. Um, ran off with uh, 99% of the operating funds of the business. After the severance pay and calculating what they have access to, CGS can run for an estimate of three months at current date. Um, Toto points out that they have an ace in the hole, which also solves their Galhorn is coming back at any time issue, which is what if we sell Cadelia out to them, pocket the cash, and then blame what happened on the old boss. Um, Orga and his men appear to be considering this, but the whole discussion is interrupted by the announcement over the PA that Recon has spotted a lone mobile suit approaching, red tarp tied to it like a scarf. Is it really like a scarf? I thought it was tied around the shield. You side around the shield. It's upper arm, actually. It's not on the shield. Yeah. It it definitely looks. It I flaps mean, in the wind. Right. What I'm saying, it's like it's got like a particular. I, I feel. Is it Roman? Like, there's a particular vibe to it, like hanging over yeah. one. Yeah, one yeah it's arm an old method of challenge that you can have visible at a distance. You want it, looks, it flapping in the wind so they can see. Yeah. Yeah. It looks sick. In case you sure weren't sure, these guys were space Europeans. <laughs> what? No way. You could look at McGillis and instantly tell they're space. His name is McGillis. <laughs> we'll get to McGillis next episode. It's Crake, who has returned solo and is issuing a 1v1 challenge to CGS's best pilot, saying if he wins, he gets Kudelia and the ruined greys of the dead Orlis, and it and they leave, solving the problem for them. If he loses, Gallahorn's grudge dies with him. It seems like a win-win. It is not really what he says. What he really says is, my subordinates <laughs> won't be in trouble. I don't know about the rest of these fucks, though. Good luck, guys. <laughs> That's true. Well, he does no, no, say just... their grudge dies with him. That is the way he puts Oh, it. yeah, their grudge with his troops is the is the is what they say in the yeah. sub. They're more clear about it. Gotcha. Okay, so that's just mm-hmm. a dub sub. So he's just dying like as like the Sin Eater for his squad who wasn't supposed to be here. Toto is, like, really stressing, yeah, see, just get rid of the girl and we're good to go. Kudelia even agrees, just being dressed to hand over, like, this is my prisoner outfit. Uh, these meaningless <laughs> battles should not be your problem. Orga and Biscuit aren't thrilled with the idea of handing her over, for reasons we'll find out later, due to her fate being in question. But Orga also says, hey, Mika, you want to fight this guy? Yeah, sure. And then in the sub where he's like, just like, make sure you kill him. <laughs> ah, gotcha. They don't they don't make that uh, up front because it is literally yeah, yeah, his command directly sub... is Mika kill this guy. Well, no, yeah. I think the command like Mika, can you do this? And then when Mika's like, yeah, then everybody's like, oh, you you just said he's gonna kill him, huh? Is he pretty direct in the sub? And then like he references it later of like, yep, I was told to kill you, so I'm gonna kill you now. Yeah, you should probably be note taking off the sub on this one just because like the dub is like cleaned up for. Like, a little bit of, like, TV ratings type thing. Well, they add it later in the scene because Orga is talking to Kutelia and saying, yeah, I gave him some instructions. And they just build on it more slowly than in saying it up front. I kind of like that more. That is that is a little... I like that a little better. But then again, we've already seen this guy be like, hey, can you just cap this dude in the head? So what do you think he's going to tell me going to do? Cap this dude in the head. Well, here's the fun part about Mika. When I'm taking these notes and I'm writing things like, yeah, sure, oh yeah, Mika is very flat, very Mm -hmm. matter-of-fact. He's such a fun character because he's he's not 
the charmer of Biscuit, but he's still got a you-want-to-root-for-him kind of simplicity to the way he comes off. There's never really any malice, unless you see him actually angry. He's just like, oh, okay. Very, he's straightforward um, in every regard, in a way that, like, there's no deception, but also makes him rude. I was gonna say, he's Mob from Mob Psycho, just a little less meek. Mm. Mm. <laughs> just, well, has, has Mob ever capped somebody? I haven't, I've only watched two episodes of that show. Won't say then. <laughs> okay. That's a yes. Matt, what a question, unfortunately. What I'll say is that he's named Mob Psycho. Well, the psycho is psychic. I know. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> um, as Came the mech is bit like I, it was a fucking skyscraper and you were Godzilla. Settle down. <laughs> Look, I'll be honest. Imagining you watching an anime that isn't for this show is a surprise. I didn't know if you do that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to watch Mob Psycho. I got stuff to do. Anime sucks. It's fucking 30 episodes, you baby. That's too long. <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. That's three seasons. That's 30 episodes. That's yeah, a that's lot of time, my lot friend. Of seasons. That's five hours of my life. Yeah. That's more than that. I can't do math. That's <laughs> no, 10 you hours can't. of my life. Fucking <laughs> 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 um. It is also, to steal a line from you on an episode I just edited, one of those shows where everything looks so good that it takes two years per season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. As the mech is prepped, Cudelia goes, uh, could I pilot the Barbados? I'll save you a little more hassle. But Orga tells her not to bother, and this is where we learn about the brutal procedure that implants the Alaya Vinjana whiskers in youths. It is roughly a 50% success rate, and if the body rejects it, you are hospitalized at best. We also learn Mika has had upgrades and maintenance on his three times all of his own free will. So... Christ. How does that work to have it done three times? Does it just, like, exponentially make it better? No. No, it means he's gambled and come out ahead three times. I I got that part, but, like, like, what's the point of doing it after the first? Because as they grow... More connections. Yeah. Well, also, as they grow, you run the risk of this spinal implant shifting around a body that's in a different shape. I like that in this show, they have the most American version possible of free medical care, which is, yes, you can get this surgery for free, but also it's so you can be a child soldier. (laughs) Put a pin in that. We have more talk about the medical system next episode. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and uh-huh. like, you, and you see the three, like he's got the three things sticking out of his back, and it's like, ooh, ooh. yeah, it's it's very likely, although I don't think it's ever stated. Every time he gets it done again, it's so he has a new spot in his spine where he can connect with the actual plug while sitting down, mm-hmm. so he can pilot three Gundams, <laughs> <laughs> not without the world's worst USB adapter. Yeah. <laughs> It's Look, like that's one hundred percent how I know this guy's got funnels. three vignanias. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the duel begins, and Mika asks Crank, "Is this fight to the death? How do we finish this?" And Crank's like, "No, I just want Kudelia's life and not to slay more kids." And Mika does not get audibly angry, but he just goes, "There's a lot of dead kids to your name already," and starts bashing the shit out of the fucking Mm -hmm. graze. 
Mm-hmm. So Orga and Cordelia keep talking, and he says that uh, the boy's got a lot of heart, which is why he's willing to be so violent for everybody else's sake. And she asks if Orga thinks uh, she might be able to fight uh, as Mika does, and but not in a mech because she's not gonna. <laughs> she's like, nope, I'm noping out of the spine, the spine shake. Thanks. And uh, uh, it said that she's gonna fight for Martian independence using her um, political wits. Which wasn't that what she was trying to do originally? No, she was. She was just, you know, doing light politics to, not in like a dedicated way. There's a difference between attending a protest one time and being an organizer, and that's the dis- dis- the distinction here. Yeah, she's basically been. This sounds so bad when I say it. She's been Greta Thunberg <laughs> to this point. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, but not the modern Greta Thunberg where it's like, uh, I would like to set you on fire for the things you said about me. The the young girl who went up to the UN and I gave a timid speech and I am a small child. Like mm-hmm. little Bjork. And this is her realizing, oh, if I do this, I am going to be in the crosshairs. I am going to be an actual target. My father sold me out to die to make his life easier. This is the stage I'm on. Do I have the strength for this? Uh, in the subs, I think you would appreciate the way they descri- that Oregon describes Mika is, I believe, boorish but noble, which is a very Ooh. good description of him. Yes, that is yep. incredibly good. Here is the problem, and here is why I don't do this. I can watch this on Crunchyroll, which makes it a lot easier for me to take the notes because I can do it in any room in the house. But the way they have set this up is that you can't put on the Japanese subs with the English dub. So I can't simultaneously have both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like how on Hulu they, you have to pick. That's exactly it, yeah. Because otherwise, I would be glad to turn that on and just compare, but it means I have to break out the discs and watch it in one sitting Good news, they fixed Hulu now, so if you watch a dub episode, it auto plays the next dub episode instead of the sub episode right That's after. That's been going for two years because I watched through uh, Sailor Moon that way, and it would just jump mm. from dub to dub to dub. That's to the dub last sub, thing we sub, watched sub, sub. I watched on Hulu. I don't remember, but it was very annoying. I think the last thing I watched was either Sailor Moon or The Good Place, one of those two. The last thing I watched on Hulu was Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. Ha. Nice. Yep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so... just gave me the most disappointed look. <laughs> no, I was thinking, oh, we watch Hulu all the time, but all we watch is Gordon Ramsay cooking shows during dinner. <laughs> you know what? That's not the worst. So my wife and child want to watch. I'm not even going to go into what we put on for dinner. Sometimes you just want to see Gordon yell at people and throw food. So when you say finishing finishes off. Yeah, he cranks it. Well, oh, yeah, he does crank just it. Just read, but... read through this whole part. It'll <laughs> okay, make sense. Okay, okay, yeah, because I was like, wait a second. Like, I thought the, the fight was still crank. going. <laughs> uh, I rewatched but... Crank the other week. It's pretty good still. Yeah. Only a couple problematic jokes. <laughs> sure. Uh, so Mika finishes off Crank with a short monologue, basically saying what Orga did, but in his simpler, blunter method. Uh, He says, I'm here to bring these people to safer ground and a better life. And right now, Crank, you are one more, just one more obstacle in my way. 
And then the boy begins uh, destroying the mobile suit's shield, then disarming it, and finally running it through with the Barbados's mace, which it, it had the handle cut, so he just grabs it by like the head, and like the yeah, mace has like a like... spike in the middle of it that it like shoots out and like pierces the center of uh, of the other mech. It's sick. Good it's news. Sick. They eventually replace this extremely cool weapon with a very stupid katana. That's don't they then just loop back around to the mace again though? I don't know. I made it ten ten minutes into the first episode of season two. I was like, I can't do this. I'm out. <laughs> Oh, oh, I think you would. Now. I think you'd actually like how it shit. closes. Well, good news. I will find out several years from now. No, you won't. And, You're not going to be on the show. And not make a podcast about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you won't watch any. You won't watch it if it's not for a podcast. Even I know this. I like Iron Blooded Orphans a lot. I would. Mm-hmm. On the sidelines uh, with a grin, Orga says, uh, "Tekadon." Uh, Cadelia looks confused, and he says, that's CGS's new name. It means Iron Rot Rose. Not gonna lie, uh, never... I could go the rest of my life without hearing an anime explain how these Japanese characters could be read a different way ever again. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me want to fucking well, die. Unfortunately, that's just what the fucking language is like. It Do better! Like... <laughs> Steal more from the Chinese! It means one what he thing! Did. Yeah, the, actually, that, I have that's why bad news complaint. for you if you think Chinese doesn't have some of this shit. I am now considered fifth grade literate in Chinese. Like, and I used to be, and it's been a long time. But, like, the funny thing about, the thing I hate about Kaji, like, learning Mandarin was one thing, but, like, at least they had, like, the decency to have one character be one sound and only one sound, one that's syllable what I'm every saying. time. I thought and the thing you hated j- about Kanji was his homophobia. Thanks for being an ally. <laughs> yeah, fuck the homophobic Kanji. Why is Kanji homophobic? I don't actually know. That's a persona joke. Yeah, he punched oh. himself. In, he punched his gay self in the face, and now he's not gay anymore. That's, oh, that's right. how that works. Persona Four thing. Persona <laughs> yeah. Four is bad. Persona Four is bad. I just couldn't uh, resist such an well, easy no. joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah oh. Just- oh. Okay. I I just now put it together. Yeah. <laughs> well. Anyway, uh, it, it means it never wilts and it never dies. Or it was quoted. Whatever. Words. What if the bathhouse is where the bathists live instead of Kanji's homophobic self? Anywho, on the battlefield, uh, Crank sees his defeat without shame. He's impressed by the boy. He makes for one final request. Um, for him, or to quote, for me, going back is no option, and all my troops are punished for my actions. But if I fail, the punishment dies with me. Uh, Mika acknowledges this and the acceptance of victory, but Crank pushes on. Uh, I can't, I can't bring myself to take my own life. That's not in the sub. It's different. It says like, yeah, yeah I'm incapable of to. it because he got speared yeah, through the incapable. fucking arm. Yeah, yeah. He that, makes that's a, a very he different makes it vibe. sound more like a pride thing in uh, in the dub. Yeah, no. I mean, he's clearly prideful, but like. Well, I guess the implication would be like if he could, he would, which yeah, would be yeah. more of the samurai thing, right? Like the right. Well, that's what Crank is. Crank is like the too noble to be a European. So anyway, Mika thinks for that a second and nods as Crank tries to thank him. Mika doesn't even let him finish the sentence before he's put three into Crank's head. It's, it's pretty brutal because it's literally yeah. mid line. Yeah, it's yeah, great. mid. Thank you. Yeah, it, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's it's good characterization, which is the thing the show's doing very well. 
In the aftermath, Toto's being a huge little bitch, uh, and from the sidelines, Kudelia steps up, saying, I've got a mission for you. I need to get to Earth. I can make sure you get paid for the privilege without my father's assistance. Deliver me to my patron, Noblis Gordon. Maybe the worst name ever. No, not even the worst in these two episodes. I know, but it's really bad. This Once is a, you see him, he looks it's like It's a Metal a Gear Solid name, is what the, I think the problem I have with Noblis Gordon. He looks like uh, a horrible goblin, which means that's the perfect name. Yeah. Man, man, I, yeah. I, when, when he showed up on screen, I was just like, I'm immediately uncomfortable. This guy is part of the like soccer night concern, for sure. <laughs> yup. Uh, <laughs> Orga turns to the woman and bows. Allow me to thank you for keeping us employed. Consider yourself safe in our care. This is also where we get the announcement of a new name. There's a little fuss from some of the older lads, but it goes over well. Uh, the crowd noise fades as we pan to the sky and the ending runs. I'm probably going to start cutting in more of the ending preview bits, just because they're basically little character skits. Uh, this one is Biscuit. He has a fun bit. I'll I'll cut it. It's too long to really yeah. transcribe all of it. It's just very goofy. Tech again? Seriously? That sounds so lame. I'd come up with a much cooler name than that. Maybe Hype or something, or Ecstasy. Nah, that sucks. Uh, justice! Yeah! Yeah, Justice! It's perfect! That's the one! And I think we, we probably called it out last episode, but the music, great. Especially in the fight scene here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. There's a lot of Spanish guitar and non-standard instrumentation to the score on this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's some jaunt to it, which is uh, mm-hmm. interesting. I am a sucker for any kind of mecha series that does anything with Spanish guitar. You don't get enough of that in the anime world. But it's an oh, man. instrument. That's what made the opening of Thrice Upon a Time. That was so good. Good music there. Yeah. Yeah. They also did that. Yeah. There's some flamenco. It's also used to good effect over some of Bleach. But hmm. that's a thing. That's a topic we can't have right now because it's time for episode four, The Price of Life. It is the next morning, and all of the newly named Tekadan troops are training in and around the base, some just doing physical activity, push-ups, running laps, others practicing loader and tank drills. On the sidelines, Toto is sitting in the shade having a complete freakout over his new organization having basically gone to war with Gallerhorn. They've controlled this planet for centuries! How stupid can you be? God, uh, Toto would be get got so good in the Haitian Revolution. Um, Orga and Biscuit pass on the way to a meeting, and slowly Toto begins thinking, Oh, maybe I got it. I can use these brats. And he begins scheming a way to save his own ass. So, the plan to get off world is going to involve some deception. Uh, so, getting to an orbital station, like the, the process is you got to get to an orbital station, then transfer to, uh, transfer to a friendly intermediary, and uh, they need to use a full ship from that range to reach Earth. And they can't go the standard way because uh, all of the normal methods between Mars and Earth are Gellerhorn controlled. Yeah, and uh, they are the ones that are going to uh, go and uh, murder Cordelia if uh, they catch them. So Toto suggests uh, an intermediary. They're like, we have to like deal with uh, some some other company there's a few options and he's like well i've got this connection with the orcus company 
Uh, I know the CEO. I, I just, you know, I could just reach out to him whenever. I'm trustworthy. That's how you know this company's like 10 guys because Toto knows the CEO. <laughs> and th- that it, the name is too close to Orgus. I can't trust it. <laughs> I did have to double check the spelling because I did write it as Orgus early on in the uh-huh, notes. Uh-huh. Well, we're complaining about name similarities. I think of this motherfucker as Kudelka every time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that. And Cordelia and Kudelka had a child. It's Kudelia. Uh, anyway. Akihiko and Dexter are taking care to get the CGS assets like the transport ship under control and thus uh, we leave off for now. Aboard the station from last time, uh, the uh, the Gialerhorn station, uh, McGillis and Gailio are shooting the shit as they plan their next move. And Coral walks up and says, uh, oops. Sorry that, like, everything's just such a mess, you know, just stuff is just happening, and you know, I know we're slowing you down a little bit, and, like, with the implication of being like, yeah, can you just, like, not try so hard and just, like, leave, uh, please? They're like, no, it's fine, we put it in our air table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna... How many of you are familiar with the name Hardsuit Labs as a company? Uh, I am not. Nope. I think... Chris might know because somebody's been putting googly eyes in the dock around my note about this. Um, that was me. <laughs> Heartsuit Labs were the people who were working on Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 for years until mm. all of a sudden Paradox went, hey, we're going to just pivot this to a different developer and never said anything. And so the scuttlebutt for years was they were basically just making vertical slices and not doing any good work. I can't confirm that. I can confirm the story wherein when they were asked to turn over all their assets to the new dev, who were eventually revealed to be the Chinese room, the Dear Esther people, they... Uh, I love that company. They make good games. They handed over about 9,000 different zips which were only given numbers that just seemed to contain random parts of the asset. The pettiest possible way to do this turnover. Well, no, no. Here's what you could do. You can make them seven zips. So they also have to install seven zip first. You don't just have that by default. No. Well, every time I have to send my boss a file, I'll try to find some like really, really Byzantine (laughs) archive format to make him install a new program. Also, I've zipped single files just to make it clear I'm annoyed with having to send it to him. Mm-hmm. I've done that. This is what people mean when they say become ungovernable. It means annoy your boss with archive formats. Anyhow, when I heard, oh yeah, we sent over all our files the worst way, I just started thinking 9,000 mm-hmm. zips that were just numbers. <laughs> it just made me think about how until when I got there, our company was still using subversion. Ugh. Oh, Subversion. Gross. I remember that. I have converted a lot of things from Subversion to Git. It takes about six hours every time. Does it really? If you want to preserve the file history. No. No, fuck it. Fuck file history. Doing an interactive rebase every time? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Mm. Well. But anyway, McGillis is just like, no, we, we know how to do our jobs. Just let us do our jobs. Please go away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Then McGillis probes Coral uh, for some details on the missing company. Um, Crank and the other um, myriad dead men CGS wiped out. Um, and the cover story he gives is, is that the independence movement is rioting, requiring them to be used for suppression. Uh, McGillis plays along, quote-unquote, suggesting that things must be quite bad on the surface to require a full company um, for days on end. And Coral just goes, well, you know, and then makes to leave before trying to bribe the pair. Um, the instant Coral reaches into his shirt, um, McGillis's eyes narrow, and he says in the plainest terms possible, if you take one step further and offer me an out-and-out out bribe, um, I'll arrest you on the spot. Um, Galio just goes, you're so mean, in the most fade delivery imaginable. The voice actor for Galio is having such fun. Yeah. It's fucking Pride and Prejudice, motherfucker. Yep! <laughs> um, we then hard cut to Coral slamming his head on a wall in the in the hallway. Um, as the major bitches about Crank's death, um, fucking things up for him, we see Crank's subordinate, the surviving, was that Aaron? Ian? Ein. Ein. Uh, weeping over the commander aboard the station. Out in the field, Akihiko uh, and Dexter are arriving at the spaceport to continue the Tekadon takeover of CGS assets. Love Akihiko and Dexter. We love goofy names and a normal guy name. Uh, <laughs> there's a wait, 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 which one do you think is the goofy one, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. There's a flashback where we learn more about the slightly used to this point term, the human debris, which first group and some of the others threw around about some of the kids. See, Maruba didn't just take on a lot of youths who could be whisker food and felt pressured into service as a best life. He also legitimately bought human trafficked youths as meat shields. Look, you can buy an orphan on eBay in the future. It's fine. Uh... The instant he took over, Oregon took these youths, the human debris, and went, here are your contracts. Nobody owns you anymore. You can leave if you want. He does, however, say that anyone who wants to stick around afterwards is going to be just as much of a part of the team as anyone else. No more second-class status and no more slavery. And so, Akihiku at least stayed. Uh, you can They are even visibly differentiated among the rest of the crew with the red stripes on the coats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're visibly uh, differentiated in a lot of ways. We find another out later. I like that they have the stripe, though. So, like, like you go down to the Goodwill for people, and it's like Red Tag Day. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. I think Red Tag Day is a strong episode title, Kenny, right now. <laughs> uh, God, oh. humans 30% off. <laughs> Only some of them, though. <laughs> Back at the base, Orcus, through Toto, has asked for 45% of their payment from Kudelia for their services as guide off-world. Not having a better choice, the group agrees to this, but Eugene nearly strangles Toto, suggesting that the older man is getting a kickback from his friend. He definitely is. Yeah. Orga tells Eugene, you know, if you want saver work, we got smaller gigs we can send you on. Farmhand assistance, low-end labor. But right now, getting Kudelia to Earth safely is our big gamble. If we do this, if we get past Gialerhorn and put Tekadan's flag on Earth, we get our name out, we become too big a target for Gialerhorn to just wipe off the map quietly, and this is some way we're going to get more business. 
Yeah, I, someone points it out at some point, but Cordelia is basically a celebrity. There's no way that this is like a low-profile thing should they succeed. Yeah, this is going to instantly make them galaxy-wide news. So Eugene's like, all right, if it's for the future. And Toto begins internally villain monologuing that maybe these boys shouldn't rely on a future just yet. Well, this is a thing that comes up a lot, is that a lot of the children will disagree because they have never thought of a future before. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting to see, yeah, the older staff, the older boys are the ones who are most likely to push back against Orga, whereas the younger ones are just like, yay, boss Orga did something! Mm-hmm. Right, so Cordelia is having a crisis of faith in the mess hall, and it's sapped her appetite. Uh, we cut from this to a flashback of her making a call to her patron where Noblis wires the money to have the mission occur. And he's a, a, an older gentleman with, uh, you know, he's, he's got some British vibes and uh, he's in a sauna. I'm pretty sure he's in a sauna and a towel and he's sweating and he's just slimy. Oh, like he's literally went out of the way to make slimy. this guy as gross as possible. Yeah. He's yeah. basically, what if the Baron Harkonnen had hair? He, he very, he's yes, like the, yes, yes. He's like the RE8 shopkeeper, basically. <laughs> no, he doesn't have the charm of the RE8 shopkeeper. The Duke rules. Yeah. Oh, man. I just. Ugh, I wish that DLC feel... had been better. Was there a DLC? There was. It came out over a year late because that was where all their COVID pipeline problems hit was the RE8 DLC. Maybe, maybe I'll check it out. I liked all the seven DLCs. <sighs> skip it. I'm going to be real skip it. It's very made of reused assets, and it doesn't have a good ending. Mm. Like, it literally replays the end scene of the game. Hell yeah. No! I don't, re- I don't remember. Asset that. reusal. The graveyard. You just get the graveyard scene, and it's like, oh, cool, great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she tells her maid in the mess that uh, she feels an immense guilt for risking ruining the lives of these young men, but also being so blessed as to be able to even do this much. And this is when uh, Mikazuki walks up and says, uh, hey, you look depressed again. <laughs> Mood. Uh, and he says that he's going out on a recon trip later if she wants to join him. Uh, she can in order to get out of her head for a sec. Um, on Mars, McGillis and Galio are now running around in a jeep inspecting for themselves. Galio asks them, uh, asks him why they came down, and McGillis says he's aware that a VIP like Cadelia has suddenly gone missing lately. The background of this scene is a bunch of little overlays that give a timeline of the backstory of the setting. Mm-hmm. If y'all want it, I can transcribe this at the end, at start of next episode. But in short, it's a big summary of how we got from the Calamity War they keep mentioning don't, to how don't Earth's faction... It. Take three screenshots. That's what I did. <laughs> for, for the podcast? I guess I could actually do that, yeah. No, no he does no, you can just read the time a... on Wolfstride. Yeah, just uh, read the screenshot. It's fine. Put it in the notes. Yeah, I'll do that <laughs> next time. That's honestly when a good When you have thought. something visually interesting, like we do in Wolfstride a lot, you just take a screenshot. See, that's this true. isn't that's visually true. interesting. This is literally just a bunch of text that scrolls by too fast for humans to read. 
Well, oh, yeah, I that part. That. I was yeah, telling I, I was that. telling Matt that we are yep. underutilizing screenshots and notes. And, and animation. You assume that I read the notes when I do my editing. <laughs> well, I know you <laughs> don't. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Wait, oh, is this the part where we see the map, the world yeah, map? Yeah, this is where the map yeah. is. Right okay. before that, there's a very Metal Gear Solid timeline that gives you years. Uh, so d- did y'all notice the giant crater in Australia right around where, like, Sydney oh, yeah. would be? Yeah. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've seen that in like multiple times. Just Sydney, just like a Gundam big fucking. Nuke. Fucking hates Australia. <laughs> Does it? That's it fair. goes back to the first series. One of the big inciting incidents of the One Year War is they dropped a space colony on Australia. Uh, so that that's probably what that is. that's probably a, a reference to that, right? That it's, has to it's be a, like reference, a wink and a yeah. nod. Yeah, it's yeah. basically nobody ever wants to put Australia in a Gundam because it feels cursed. <laughs> Was there? There wasn't an Australian Gundam and G Gundam, was there? No. Was there? No. Was there no kangaroo Gundam? It would have been shaped no. like a kangaroo and had a giant bowie yeah. knife, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, I will uh I will put that at the start of next time with the last time recap. It would they would have had to replace the uh Snake Charmer Gundam. Oi! Oh no. Yo, and and the guy who's like sickly green skin and like like a snake. For some yeah, reason, from eating from eating all of the mint sauce or whatever. <laughs> hey, remember how in Mega Man Three, Snake Man was actually on a foreign planet, and that was actually an intergalactic adventure. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people no. discuss that. No. Yeah, all of all of Mega Man Three is you going to different planets that have been hmm. colonized. That's why the boss is. A, that's the one where Wily is an alien at first, right? No, that's two. Uh, that's Ooh. the one where he's pretending to be good, and you make Gamma the peacekeeping robot. Okay. So you ever think about how Mega Man sucks? No, I, I think Mega Man owns, owns actually. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> well, if, if you, you look think at the it owns because of how it sucks, let's be really clear. You like the things that suck about it, much like I how think I it like owns Metal because Gear. it plays very great, but also a lot of the story got cut out of those games in the U.S. And if you look at the details, it's like, wait, I'm sorry, we're a multi-galactic civilization by the time of Mega Man. Mm, well, it makes sense. I did just import a copy of Mega Man 5 for Game Boy. Why? What is wrong with you? Game Boy Mega Man games own. Uh, because um, uh, five, is the, five is the only one that's original. Like, it's not a port of the nope. or, like NES or Famicom one. But also, it's... I'm half okay. Well, that's what I remember hearing. That's why I bought it on Virtual Console. But also, the U.S. version is like really expensive, like a hundred dollars. But the yes. Japanese version is like fifteen. It's really cheap. Matt, you should play Mega Man DOS instead. The first four <laughs> games all have original levels, uh, and okay. their yeah. end games are completely bonkers. They just use some of the bosses from the NES ones. Oh, I th- I thought that all of them were like pretty straight putt ports until nope. five. Nope, completely okay. different levels. All right, so I guess I'll just buy the whole series then. Yeah, it is also cheap. like um, somehow skip two. skip two, skip two. Okay, two is made by the team who did Sokoban, and they'd never done an action game before, Oof. and Oof. the sound driver is visibly broken. Oh yeah, okay, visibly. I just know audibly? it's ingrained in my mind Listen. for the first Game Boy one. The password for Wily's castle is just making a Y on its side. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty funny. McGill says it's clear that um, uh, Cadelia has some backing in the Earth Spear, which should be impossible for a random politician's daughter in the Six of Mars. 
He then hands his partner the the binoculars he's looking through and says, according to these reports, a battle took place here days ago. I think it's specifically three days ago. Um, The battlefield is completely clean of any evidence, though. Um, Galio begins to bring up, or begins to pick up what he's saying as McGill's mentions Galio's father paid Coral a visit weeks ago. Um, McGill says uh, if all of this went to plan and Coros already has Cadelia in captivity somewhere, our little inspection shouldn't even have them make break a sweat. So the unspoken part is clearly shit got out of hand. Also, isn't there a point where like um, McGill's is like the throw to like marry like the that's other later. Like that's when draw- right. oh, that's later. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. don't worry about it. That's what Europeans do. I'm I'm very worried about it. Actually, we'll get there. That's fair. I would, I would too, also be very worried about it. Uh-huh. Also, uh-huh. I also noticed this Atra thing, and there are multiple different fucked up versions of her that they rotate through as she gets closer. The Atra, I've got a couple screenshots of this. She looks like approach. a ditto. Yeah, and it's gonna be our podcast art this week. It's so fuck weird. yeah. All right, <laughs> so. Biscuit, Mikazuki, Kudelia, and the maid, who has a name we all forget, come out of a cornfield, which we learn is Biscuit's grandmother's farm. Atra and the girls are here as well, along with their grandmother, Sakura Pretzel. <laughs> Damn it. I should have been named Shortbread. That Actually, that would have been pretty good. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty low-res <laughs> low Atra there. Yeah, her face is, is like warping between different frames. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, this is oh, my favorite so one. Yes, that's why it's the one I'm probably going to use as the art. You know what you could do? I'm going to crop this in. This will be a great Discord avatar. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, it would. <laughs> I fucking love this family. Mm-hmm. Cookie and Cracker asks Kudelia, can you cut vegetable now? It's just huge O, and she just visibly recoils. Uh... Atra notices Mika's wearing the bracelet she made for him, which he's been doing since last episode. It was on his wrist when he shot all those guys. And then, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the two have a moment, regardless of whether Mika is aware that he is participating in a moment, which I don't <laughs> think he is. No, he mm-hmm. isn't, but Atra's definitely no. like, oh, sweet. So we cut back to the inspectors driving around at the Jeep again. Galio is saying, hey, my sister really wants to see you again, McGillis, before we get the amazing line. Mm-hmm. Come on, she might be nine years old, but she's still your fiancé, even if you didn't choose her. Yikes! Ah! Please note, listeners who have not seen this character, McGillis is 20-something, possibly explaining why he looks so pissed during this whole We just chat. assume he looks pissed because he's clearly, like, a, a space gay. <laughs> Hate for your beard to be nine years old. I, I mean, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. <laughs> it's not really, it's not really your beard at that worse. point, it's your scruff. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's like, where's, where's the balance? We are like, waiting do, I want, do I want people girth. to think that I'm gay or do I want, do I want people to think that I'm a pedophile? I don't We're know. Like, hey, waiting they can't into get extremely married until she's of age. territory. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, and the thing is, like, Galio is just, like, totally just ribbing him over this. Like, he thinks this is hilarious. He it doesn't have any problem with this at all. There's a line I didn't write down, but McGillis does give one back to close out the scene where he just refers to Galio as, all right, big brother. 
Uh-huh. He does say that. That, that is a good comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the farm, Cordelia is getting into the, uh, you know, low level labor, which is mostly, uh, you know, picking up the, the corn after like the, I guess it's like a thresher or something comes through yeah. and, and knocks it down. Although she decides to go after an ear of corn, which is, has not been threshed. I don't know if Thresh. that's the verb. Uh, yeah. And like, just, just yanks, tries to yank it from the stock and, uh, nearly falls on her ass. But, uh, Meeker's, Mika saves her. Mika pulls her shoulder out of her socket. I know. I was thinking <laughs> the same kidding. thing. Like that would hurt like a mother. And just holds her there for a while. Uh huh. Like fuck, man. I have two bad shoulders. Like that would ruin me <laughs> if that happened. Uh, but yeah, Mika catches her by the arm and uh, says a simple like, "Watch your step." And of course, you know, we're talking like shoujo bubbles coming around her head, right? Like she's just loving this. Uh, I don't know what that is. Don't worry about it. Well, you get a anyway, pink filter. It'll make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funniest part about this is I definitely wonder how much any of the women would be falling for Mika if he just wore a fucking shirt. <laughs> he d- he is man cut. is all abs. He is cut. Dude, dude's pretty ripped. Anyway, the two have a chat in the field and Biscuit works for uh, now what is called Tekken Don. Because of his grandmother's farm, uh, it's not self-sufficient. And, like, the way they point this out is really good. So, like, <laughs> asking right. rich people what things cost. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, how it's much could a banana cost, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much does an era cord cost, Kudelia? And she's like, I don't know, 200, whatever the fr- the thing is. And she's, and, uh, and, um, fucking. He I says that Biscuit a says, bushel yeah, sells bushel. for 50. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, wildly cheap. And it's because all of it gets used for biofuel instead of actual food. And so, like, basically, without his salary working uh, in this, like, paramilitary organization, uh, they couldn't make ends meet. And uh, that would be even worse for them. Especially uh, without, they mention, the cheap labor that Biscuit brings over from the group. That too. That like is also if, a cost If Sakura measure. had to pay laborers, this would absolutely fail because she can't do it all yeah. on her own. Yeah, she's pretty old. Uh, she. Oh, sorry. This leads into a comment on how most of the CGS turned Tekadon people were in similar straits uh, because the Martian poor being a. Because like being poor on Mars was absolutely like. A, an extremely severe situation. Like there are just no living wages on Mars uh, under the influence of Earth. Um, and then we have a more explicit conversation about the human debris, uh, which are the traffic children. And we learned that Akihiko's group, uh, they didn't even get standard bunks before they were freed. Uh, they were essentially uh, quartered like cattle. That's what they get for ruining my city skylines games. Sick joke about trafficked children. Anywho, uh, uh, Cookie and Cracker teased Atra. I, I did not. I'm city skylines is about managing traffic mostly. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway. Okay. All right. It's a city building uh-huh. city building game. Gotcha. Uh, now they have Cracker finally teased... rendered teeth. Oh no! Oh my god! I presume Chris Play is the, the only one who knows so about low that. So low in the second one. Yeah. Um. 
No, we, we can't go there. Let's go on. Did they fix the resolution in text scaling yet? No. In the second one? No. Okay. I'm never going to play that thing because now my PC is hooked up to a TV, so I can City Skylines unplayable now. <laughs> uh, come back to it next year. Never. That's when the devs wanted to release it, but Paradox kicked it out for Q3. God damn it, Paradox. Oh, Paradox ruining everything I like, you say. Battletech 2, you say. Um, Cookie and Cracker tease Atra over this conversation from afar. Um, she's stealing Mika from you before Biscuit uh, tells them to go carry some bundles to the house. And this is where the conversation and all the work is interrupted by the twins screaming. Um, the road through the field now contains two things. The twins laid out um, beside each other in the dirt and... Hmm? I said owned. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> these are the one set of children that aren't owned on this show. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this bag and of candy says. <laughs> okay, okay. Please Fair. do not feed the wildlife. <laughs> I can't wait until you learn the nickname McGillis gets out of this act. Oh, the candy man? <laughs> they call him the candy man? They call him the chocolate man. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. He's just going to be referred to as the chocolate man for half of season one. Oh, boy. So the twins laid out Germany beside each other Europe. in the dirt, and ah! McGillis slash Galio's Jeep having swerved into the ditch besides the path. As Galio gets out to see how the girls are, Mika pins him to the roof of his vehicle by his neck. Um, it's Sakura knocking the boy on the head that gets him to finally release the man. Um, Kudelia's maid uh, recognizes trouble, making sure to pull the blonde away from the scene before either of the men can spot her. Biscuit also recognizes, oh shit, uh, when he sees the logo on their jeep, Galahorn. I love how Sybil left out the part where they say we ran into the street is our fault just so I couldn't go off on how the street shouldn't belong to cars. (laughs) (laughs) But let it be known, I was mad about it. By by the way, again, cross-show synergy, somebody getting choked and like (laughs) like lifted up off their feet by their neck. Do you know what the worst part of that is? It's that we are one week separate in release between the oh. two Bokus. So oh, every no. time you point out it's I theme it's week funny. on Boku no Stop, it means people don't fucking know for two weeks. Check this out. It's <laughs> theme hilarious. week on Boku no Stop. Chris doesn't give a shit week. Let's go. <laughs> it's not a theme if it happens every time. Actually, that, no, that is what a theme is, isn't it? <laughs> that is what a theme is, Matt. <laughs> That's the Ava's About Moms of our podcast network. <laughs> I'm Sakura just going to uh, smoking Stu's pickles right now, thanks. That's right. <laughs> Sakura tells Mika his temper is out of control before walking away, and as the pilot goes to apologize, uh, Gailio takes a swing at him in rage. Um, Mika dodges, but doing, doing so shows off his implants to the duo, and both have a very, very different reaction. McGillis had heard the Alaya Vinjanas were still used on Mars, and Gailio just goes, You put foreign objects in your body and runs off to barf. Uh, Miguelis offers the twins a bag of candies as an apology, which, uh, gross sidebar, definitely the gift for his nine-year-old fiancé, because that's what nine-year-olds like. Yeah, I definitely don't know why he had these candies. Because they were a gift for his nine-year-old fiancé. You want to give a gift to a nine-year-old? This is, they didn't have V-Bucks in space, but that's what it would be today. 
I just, mostly I just wonder why he had this on the fucking ground. I can see it's why. Why oh, did God. he carry it down to Earth? Okay, Mars. I just had the worst thought, which is... Because it's, a, if it's this, a foreign candy. It's a foreign gift. Yeah, if, really. if He bought it here. Happened, if this show happened today, like, the dude would basically go on a date with his fiance in Roblox. Yeah. Matt? No. Matt, no, you what? don't know what they do for entertainment on Earth yet. Oh, no. <laughs> do they, do they predict Roblox? Roblox? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, you haven't seen any Earth culture yet. No, we have not. That's true. We're only four uh, episodes in. He then tells them they should be see a doctor to make sure they're okay. And if there are bills, please contact Gallahorn and give them my name, McGillis Fareed. Uh, he then asks Biscuit a question. There was a battle here a few days ago. Do you know anything about it? Uh, since Biscuit and Mika aren't in their uniforms, they just play off as farmhands going, Oh, you know, there's some gunfire, but it was probably exercises from the nearby paramilitary group. And the last thing that the soldiers say is a comment on Mikazuki saying, You have some good moves. You might be a great soldier someday, lad. Love to kill <laughs> children. You'd make a great <laughs> soldier. This is like being in high school again. Mika only looks ashamed at this as the car door shuts and the duo drive away. In the cornfield, Kudelia breathes easy with their dispersal. On the road, Mika and Biscuit say they got lucky, wondering how these men did not know what went down recently. And they start to suspect maybe there's factions in Gellerhorn? Hmm. Come back to that later. On a space station, the first stage of their escape plan is being put into motion. Akihiko and Dexter are on the bridge of a ship. Orca has decided that it too is going to be renamed. No traces of CGS are to remain in the organization. And so, Dexter helps with the paperwork, and Tekadan has its first registered vehicle, the armored assault ship Isaribi. The accountant has a great... I liked Will-o'-the-Wisp. I thought it was a good name. Yeah, you pay one black planet to regenerate it. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was very worried you were about to make a comment about the fucking <laughs> mechanic. <laughs> I thought you were about to say you pay one black man and then he fixes it up. <laughs> it almost sounded like that. Actually. A huge collective inhale. <laughs> Just a lot of teeth sucking. Uh, so don't worry about it. We talk more about Reggie Sybil. We had to. <sighs> God, <damn laughs> we had to. It's all over the show. Do you know how much I had to cut around that segment? <laughs> Good news. That's what the show is about. What if there's a class of people who look like humans, but we're called Reggies and we're different from the rest of us in a subtle way? Uh-huh. That episode anyway. was nearly titled ISDB. <laughs> uh, anyway. The Listeners, if you want to hear planet. Chris, Matt, and others look at the internet slur data pace, go listen to Boku no Stop Premium for as little as $5 a month. It's Netflix's fault. Send all your hate mail to Netflix at Netflix.com. That's true. If anyone would be an internet slur database, it's definitely Netflix. The sun sets on the red planet as various vehicles drive away from Pretzel's farm. I'm going to say Pretzel's farm, but not the Pretzel farm, because that feels like it's fucking Pretzel's coming off of stocks. Uh, So in a Gallagher Jeep. You get good Amish Pretzels from a farm. Yeah, but they don't grow on anyway. Uh, so <laughs> American <laughs> self-explanatory. 
That one is staying in. Okay. Uh, in a Gallarhorn Jeep, uh, the Galios, uh, Galios research points out that it wasn't a lie. There really is a PMC in the area. And McGillis already knew, as well as the intel on their recent renaming to Tekadon. And he wonders if that might have been a cover-up as much as a change in ownership. Back at Tekadon's own base, Mika and the others drive home in their truck, finding that thing... Um... What? We've, we've seen this... I'm trying to give descriptions of some of the new characters okay. as they get names. Wait, that's his name? Yes, there's a little red-headed boy who's been drawing something all episode. Ride Mass. Yeah, he's, he's Ride look, Mass? He's emblem, he embodies the Ride Mass mentality. Mm, mm, okay, okay. Okay, because what, what he said, I thought Ride Mass was the name of like a like a ship or something. <laughs> I did not ever think of nope, it as Ride a person's Mass name. is the only redhead in Tekadan. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, he's been uh, drawing a new logo for the crew and... Uh, Orga and the older staff have painted it on the roof now. And uh, there's some good background chatter here. It's like, hey, not too shabby, kid. It's a fish, right? And he's like, it's this a my, flower, you dumbass. That's my favorite way to annoy my child, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, is this a butterfly meme? Or like, is the, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just doing that to my child's drawings every time. It's very oh, no. good. Is this, is this a pigeon? Excuse me. Um, outside the base, Orga and Mika say that the logo's beautiful. They ought to work together and protect it. Inside the base, Toto is making a call, saying that he just wants to make sure that they don't leave him out to dry. As the episode uh, closes, he mumbles, he mutters to himself, Adults are terrifying kids. I'm going to make sure you don't ever forget it. And that's our coverage for this week. How's everyone feeling on the show right now? Great. Wow, cool robot. Mm, yep robots cool the characterization is cool like this show gets the small things right which is the thing that i like the most about it like the bit of uh mika cutting off uh crank's speech like little a lot of other shows would just let him have his piece but like they're making a point that he is like yeah it's that he got someone someone who uh he he's He's not someone, these kids are not people who think about, like, honor in the same way that these, you know, uh, I guess, Earth-based people. I don't know if, like, all of Gallarhorn are Earthians. Yeah, honor is for when you have your material needs met. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so, like, and it's, it's not so much of a, I don't respect your sense of honor. It's that I don't understand it because I've never had to live it or learn it. And I think that's, that's very well done um the only thing is uh this this toto guy he's just he's a little too obvious uh but whatever it's fine good like, news we're still in the fave thing. part of problematic fave so mm-hmm. well, well besides the whole nine-year-old fiance thing i think that's in the problematic side hey they point out he did not choose that we're hey Matt, i will repeat we're in the fave part of problematic fave Good to know. Yeah, you've seen Mario Kata works before. You know how this goes. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Anyone got any plugs they want to give out? Let's start with Matt. Oi. Uh, so 
I he had the most panicked expression. Well, I was like, I hadn't even thought about what have I what have I done recently with my life. Um, <laughs> that's what the existential like. crisis was very apparent for a second there before the yeah. news came back. Uh, yeah, uh, I occasionally write uh, Yuri manga Chris reviews. Uh, Yuri manga reviews on Okazu, uh, okazu.yurikon.com. I haven't written one recently, but uh, there's, there'll probably be a couple at some point. Uh, but yeah, I have a bunch up there. There's a filter. You can just look up my name and spoil yourself on all the series that I mostly like. Garrett. Um, I buy any, no, buy seasonally have <laughs> a podcast with some friends about karate bugmen at journey through the duck cast.com. It's delicious. <laughs> Everyone is just having the most pained expressions every time they're asked for plugs right now. Chris, what do you got? Check out Minecraft. I was looking around for a product. Check out Minecraft. It's pretty cool. Not problematic at all. I thought the Yu-Gi-Oh is your new thing. Yu-Gi-Oh is pretty good. You can make Yu-Gi-Oh in Minecraft. No, instead what we're going to do is we're going to stream in our server for an hour and a half as a bonus episode and record a video where John and Matt get to learn how to play Yu-Gi-Oh. This is how we'll fill one of the recorded weeks before IBO is over. I can't wait to hear how Pendulum Summoning works. I can tell you how Pendulum Summoning works. That's one of the easy summoning mechanics. And what's one of, what's considered one of the hard ones? Uh, the motorcycle stunts. Link or XYZ are the harder ones. Links are harder. X- because they have all the arrows on the bottom, so they're new. I don't no, I know how the arrows work. I know how link summoning works. Oh, well then you then you that's got easy. it. I think that's way harder than pendulums. Pendulums are easy. I even know how XYZs work, except when I confuse them for uh the other ones. Fusions or rituals. This is also very funny to me that a Digimon fan is trying to clown also, on a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! It's not player. called XYZ, please. Everyone calls so, it XZ, and I hate Yu-Gi-Oh! that. Yu-Gi-Oh! Cartex? What? Yeah, I have. XZ, so isn't bad. that a game developer? Yeah, it is. It's very confusing, but it's X. It's, that's how they pronounce XYZ summons, Matt. Okay. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you just need like you need like a tuner monster, and then like you, you know, get like the other monster, you and you do the monster. thing. Well, yeah, you do what the card says. Reading the card sometimes explains the card. It always explains the card, except sometimes no, there's a comma it does not always. placed and it completely changes the way the rules are interpreted. <laughs> uh, syntax is important. Did you know the name of the card saying you can only use this once per turn? It changes what it means if the name's in quotes or not. Also, I got a judge call because it turns out that you can only use one of these tier limits effects, except one of them was named Tier Space Lament, which is different and therefore illegal. (laughs) I was very annoyed. No, it was Luna Knight. Here, hold up. If you need more of this shit, you can give us as little as a buck a month on pitchdrop.cash to That's subscribe right. to our Patreon, where you will get all kinds of bonuses from this show, our JRPG oh. podcast, separate shows like Icons mm-hmm. and Icons, mm-hmm. and more. Lightning strikes It will come out normally because I'm paying someone to edit it instead of trying to pretend I'm going to do it. All right, it's this one. The cards say you could use a Luna Light card. In quotes, with no space. This one has a space, so it doesn't count. It sucks. Gotta love that Konami copy editing. No, it's deliberate. This space is a balancing mechanism. (laughs) 
it is? That was yes, because it'd be insane. Because you would be able to tutor for this card, which is also a tutor, and it would make it extremely efficient to get out these specific things very fast. Matt, do you okay. actually know what tutor means in that context? Absolutely not. I All suspect right, as much. We're right, not doing this. We're going to do this right <laughs> now, and this, this is how the podcast We're doing that in the future. <laughs> we're going to do this one specific thing where Matt gets to look at card a copy games, of the Demonic podcast. Tutor. Let's see. Right. Right. If image. you want to run a card game show on the network, you can. Oh, buddy. No, that sounds like a horrible idea. Look at this, Matt. This is why people refer to getting a specific card as tutoring. Ah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's the... Uh, what? Is that like I an original one of those. set? Is that like from a... Uh, looks old. That this is, is probably, probably like older set. first, second edition. Magic. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I have yeah, one I of the newer is... ones. There are a lot of different ones, but this is the most powered one because there's no conditions on it. Yeah, but... there's no downside to it. Anyhow, that's it all for this week. We'll see you again in two weeks with the question, can this series do space combat? We'll all find I should have plugged together. the racial slur database. No, no, no. Oh, we forgot to talk about the part where they're like, can this Gundam even go in space? And dude's like, I don't know. It's going to go in space. Shut the fuck up. It'd be a really short series otherwise. Come on. Look, you don't know how long they're going to be on the space journey yet. Yeah. I do, in fact, know how long they're going to be in the space journey. Yeah, I know. Everybody who isn't Matt knows, but still. Uh Uh-huh.